Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode 11. Of it's my lucky number. Is it? It is. Well, welcome to your lucky number, episode, episode 11 uh, of Just Another that Football lucky. Podcast. Because I'm ill. Oh, you're not very well. I've just chatted right over you as well. Oh, I don't mind. So first time viewers have just heard me going... It's alright, I'm excited for many voice breaks and many mistakes in this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> welcome to episode 11 of Just Another Football Podcast with me, Danny Miller. And me, Josh Bettley. Um, quite an interesting week of football, I think. Uh, there's quite a few things that we need to talk about. Mm. Um, especially not not necessarily regarding the games in the Premier League, but regarding uh, some other things but this is quite a happy podcast for me uh, makes we'll, one we'll, of us we will get, we will get there um, makes one of us yeah that makes <laughs> definitely makes one of us um, alright then let's kick off then with great use of a football term there let's kick off um, with the early kick off on Saturday which was Bournemouth versus Manchester United uh, it finished 2-1 to Manchester United that's Bournemouth's first loss at home in the league Um in their last seven games mm-hmm. uh, and their first loss this season who did they lose to last? Um, should I get it? Yeah Man City Oh it's Man United Oh um, uh. And they lost 2-0 to them uh, Callum Wilson he scored again um, joint top with Hazard and combined goals and assists so he's got six goals and four, four assists um, Yeah he's on fire Inevitable call up this week? Um Yes, but there might be a slight spanner in the works in yeah. the fact fact that Rooney's getting a game. Yes, we we will get on to talking about this a little bit more so, uh, a little bit later on. Yeah, I feel like he should get a call up. Another player who's uh, kind of uh, well, he's had he's had a brilliant season so far, and he's making a late dash for possibly this England squad is Nathan Ake. Another great game on Saturday. Yeah, well, we we've sort of got three centre halves who we think are good. Inevitably, uh-huh. they'll do something at some point to convince us otherwise. And one of them will pull out with injury at some point. Uh, yeah, indeed. Probably not Harry Maguire. Well, I don't know. He's never pulled out with injury yet. But, you know, he seems like the sort of bloke that wouldn't. He seems like the sort of bloke that loves playing for England. <laughs> yeah. He loves it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, is a good shout. He, he made a great um, block for Rashford. Rashford was I've like, got a feeling he's Dutch. Eh? No, he's definitely not. I mean, he's a hundred percent not. Hold with me. But he, he made uh, he he literally didn't give a shit. Rashford like wellied the ball at him, and it came off his chest or off his stomach or something. Nathan Ake um, is a Dutch professional footballer who plays with Premier no League No way! Club Everyone's AFC been Bournemouth. saying he should be getting called up for England. Well, has he been? I don't think he's um, said his allegiance yet. Seven Netherlands caps. Has he actually? Yeah. Everyone's been saying he's he played should be Netherlands. Getting a, he's played Netherlands under 15s up. Mate, everyone. So I was watching BT Sport at the weekend and they were like, Nathan Ake should be getting England call-ups. Well, he's Dutch, so that's why he hasn't. Wow. Well, I didn't know that. Amazing. I yeah. thought he'd been at Chelsea like his whole career, but no, he's um, came from Feyenoord. Oh, well, I look like a twat now. Well, so do I, because I agreed with you before a bit of my memory just twanged in. Yeah, wow. Well. Yeah. That's sort of spot. Because I suppose it, so it, it looks, no, it looks like an English name. Yeah. But then maybe it's not. I just assumed, well, that's uh, BT Sport's fault. BT Sport, get some better researchers. That's what I would say. Um, he's been brilliant this season, though, Nathan Ake. And uh, I think 
he could obviously Bournemouth signed him like two seasons ago for like 20 million um, he hasn't really like shown 20 million worth, 20 million pounds worth of defending yet I don't think he's even got a English parent has he not he says his father is from the Ivory Coast so that leads me to believe that maybe his mother is Dutch that, so he has no so. English no connection no English connections at all well top bellends his personal life on Wikipedia is Ake's father is from the Ivory Coast. He is teetotal. Now, I don't know if they're talking about his dad or, or him there. Like so well, it's, uh, never trust anything. That bit Wikipedia of a bland says. life. I mean, that is that literally all it says for personal yeah. life? Yeah. Wow. That's shit, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I should like have probably done more. I should have probably done more research myself before I said that. But BT Sport should also take some blame. Um, Alright, let's get on. Man- Manchester United um, started slowly again. Uh, Jose Mourinho described their first half as pathetic, I think. Um, Rashford um, had a shot cleared off the line um, and then scored the winner at the end. Are we sort of... Are, are Man United just sort of like skating by at the minute, do you Spluttering think? Spluttering along. Um, I was really critical of the defending for the goal they conceded. Because the ball gets headed out, but they all just go out. I mean, I know you're taught uh, when you're taught to play football, not like we've ever played above like school teams. Yeah, yeah. But everyone just sort of like made a mad dash through the middle. I think it was Matter was left out wide, yeah, and showed why he's not why he's not a fullback because he was caught between the bloke with the ball and the bloke who provided the cross for the goal. Can't remember who I think it was Stanislaus who crossed the yeah, ball in. Someone like that, yeah. But like Shaw just like ran out through the centre of the box. I mean, obviously they were just trying to get out, but someone was playing them all onside. It was comical. Yeah, it's uh, they're Utterly defending. I, I don't think Ashley Young's a defender. I don't know what you think, but he's uh, no. He's, he can get away with it when he's playing at wing back, but he's not yeah. a full back. And and Chris Smalling as well. I think he was partly at fault for the goal. Um, he was partly at fault for a lot of that performance. Yeah, he was he's, terrible. He's terrible. That he's was number terrible. one, by the way. Voice crack number one. You are voice crack number one. Yeah, um, <coughs> yeah. He he was. Um, he's not a good player at all. But I, I, I'm kind of a bit worried for Man United this season. I, I, we know that next time they lose or next time they don't get a result, that all of those rumours about Mourinho, they're going to come back um, of him getting sacked or whatever. It's, it's inevitable. I mean. I personally think it's inevitable that he's going to go at some point this mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Um, it's a good trait, though, to win a game that you don't play very well in. Yeah, that's so true. So you've got to give them that. And I I think they've sort of stumbled across a, thrun, a front three that's quite well balanced in Sanchez, Rashford and Martial. Yeah. I still don't think... I know Sanchez started in, in the middle. I still th- don't think Rashford should be playing out wide. I saw Rio yeah. Ferdinand saying something about... Um, he needs to be flicking between the two at this age and I was like well no he doesn't he needs to be finding his position at this age he's 20 yeah they didn't say that about Shearer did they no no we're going to play Shearer out wide yeah yeah no one's ever said that um, okay next up uh, Cardiff versus Leicester uh, finished 1-0 to Leicester but as said during the week the, the result was sort of uh, Immaterial, really. Um, mm-hmm. It was quite an emotional game, especially before the game with the, all the tributes being paid. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. I think credit, particular credit, has to go to Cardiff. I thought mm. they were like they they handled the situation brilliantly, um, and and obviously like to the whole Leicester staff and players um, for the way that they 
performed as a whole, not just in terms of um, like on the pitch, but their temperament, like throughout the whole yeah. game. I know it's a bit. Uh, just to get onto the football side of things and to sound a little bit heartless, Casper um, Schmeichel came out this week and said his head wasn't really in the game for like the first 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Personally, if I'm Claude Puel, I'm not playing Schmeichel in that game. Yeah, it's a really, really difficult thing to like find a balance with, isn't it? Because obviously you want people like Schmeichel who are particularly close to the owner. Um to play and you probably wouldn't stand in his way even if you didn't feel he was not um, up to it but yeah you don't really want like professionals coming out and saying I wasn't really up to doing my job in, in any walk of life yeah I completely agree let, sorry let I'm just alone trying football. to plug this plug in there we go um, yeah I completely agree um, I think obviously like he showed before the game like he was he was visibly upset before the game and uh like like he said in his interview, I I just personally think that for Leicester, obviously he probably wanted to play in that game because it was like a tribute. But personally, I would have been like, I'm we're going to leave you on the bench today. Mm-hmm. Um, Damari Gray got a yellow card for his celebration. Uh, it's been widely criticised by uh, on social media by uh, various fan bases, I suppose you could say. Um, was the ref in a no-win situation there? Um, yeah, I sort of fall on the referee side because it's the rules. Yeah, I and, agree. Uh, as sort of um, nice as that tribute was, I imagine if any Leicester player had scored, they all had that on. I'm yeah. not devaluing the message at all. Um, but then you're sort of saying, like, obviously we've had, we've had instances, I think Schneidlin played last year, like two days after his dad had died. Yeah. And then you're going to start excusing players from horrific tackles on the basis yeah. that they've had a recent bereavement it's a very I think the line has to be drawn because it opens up a whole can of worms that's just like a little bit more tricky to negotiate than just yeah, stamping I, it out I definitely agree um, I think what you've got to think is that I mean the the uh, there's a picture of him of the referee like and he knows oh, I'm going to have to give this yellow card um, and like you say where does it stop then like it'll carry on people do things all the time and, well, pe- people, uh, take, people I mean, take their shirts off like you say when there's not a reason to yeah well, exactly so. um, like you say it is it is the rules and he will he will get demoted if uh, he doesn't follow the rules if it's yeah. a clear and obvious like refereeing error like that um, then he'll get um, demoted but I, I completely agree there um, I've, in, I've got a bit sorry, of a statement go here I think Cardiff are looking more a Premier League team than Fulham at the moment in terms of adapting to the league. Okay. It's interesting that you say that. I was just about to ask about um, Sol Bamba. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Just the name. Yeah, just like Rings and, Clown. Yeah, he's a tool. Uh, basically, uh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe Madison had a shot. It came off Bamba's arm, hit the bar. It was Vardy. It was a Vardy. Yeah. Um, should it have been a should it have been yeah, a penalty? Penalty red, red card. card. Then that leads me to the question of: Do Cardiff look like a Premier League team, or do they look like they're skating by? Um, well, not as much as Fulham. I said they look more a Premier League team than Fulham. Yes, at the that's moment. true. Um, I think they've adjusted better, but they still have 
uh, less quality. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that they're not going to go down, but they were unlucky not to get something out of that game, actually. I mean, 12 or so shots or something in the whole game, but only two on target at home. Yeah, it's 11 disappointing. shots, two on target. That's really disappointing. Um, but, you know, they've got players that can cause problems. Harry Arter's a proven Premier League midfielder yeah. from Bournemouth. Um, Josh Murphy's looking very decent. Yeah. It's just the squad depth isn't really Premier League quality for me. And they they don't have a striker that's going to sort of get them out of trouble. If you think about teams that have come up over the last few years of sort of, uh, I would arguably say, maybe apart from last season, but definitely in the seasons before, they've had one or two players that are going to score the goals for them. Bournemouth mm-hmm. had Callum Wilson and yeah. uh, Josh King was scoring goals as well um, and I just can't see anyone like that in their squad to be honest mm-hmm. um, alright then let's move on um, West Ham played Burnley probably the pick of the three o'clocks on Saturday um, West Ham won 4-2 uh, Burnley are still shipping goals uh, I don't think James Tarkovsky should be in the England squad this time I've written the words James, Tov, J, uh, James Tarkovsky down because he had an absolute nightmare on Saturday he's not just had a nightmare on Saturday I think he's had a nightmare from start to finish Yeah, since September really um, I don't know if he just sort of thinks he's better than he is at the moment I'm not sure it's a, well, it's it's a good question because he's I mean he's definitely not um, he definitely shouldn't be starting no. I, I mentioned his temperament last week about him having uh, just having a go at uh, I can't remember which player it was um, but it was just absolutely ridiculous like going in the player's face and that it's just stupid but um, <sighs> I think they might be a bit short on defensive options at the moment that's what I was going to say who do you replace him with looking down the bench I can't see unless Long or McNeil are sent halves but I don't know no them. I don't well definitely not Premier League yeah. quality uh, so ones anyway a few injuries like on his day he's like a decent decent defender but there's yeah. uh, there's defenders in the league that deserve to be in that England squad more than yeah. him on, on, based on this year's performance Nathan Ake for one who <laughs> <laughs> sneaky yeah. dual passport jobby Um <laughs> Who's the one player as well that they'll have talked about before the game? Don't give him a sniff. Arnautovic. Yeah, yeah. And you've basically gone... Go well, on. the, the other player goal. that had a great game was Felipe Anderson, scored twice. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sort of stepped into the Yarmolenko-sized hole that has been left in West Ham um, last week. I think it's time for him to step up now because he needs to get... He needs to start performing, basically. Yeah, they um, obviously we don't have that larger sample size to compare from, but for me, he he smacks of being a confidence player. Yeah, and when his confidence is up, he's one of those players that will look world class. But when his confidence is not up, he doesn't actually have that ability to fall back on. Yeah, um, and uh, Diangana. They call him something else. Yeah, is it yeah, yeah. Cam- Is it Kamara? Is yeah, that- something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a really useful player as well. Actually, <coughs> from yeah, having at, um, watched him on Match of the Day a couple uh, of times, he's been at West Ham since he was twelve. I think young, another young British talent. Um, I don't know if he's got any England caps through the youth, through the youth system. I will have a look. Um, but in terms of um, Felipe Anderson, just uh, one last thing on him is. He, um, I can't remember how much he went to West Ham for. I'm trying to find out now. Um, but he, it's time that 
I mean, like he played for Lazio last season, like in a good Lazio team. I got his name wrong. It's Grady Diangana. I'm sure there was a player called Kamara playing. Must have got that completely wrong. <laughs> it's all, all those meds I'm on. All those, sending me all, loopy. The, all that medication that you're on, yeah. Um, no, no England youth caps. That surprises me then. Because he's come in and he's he's had a really good game on Saturday. You know? But he's an attacking midfielder and if you think of all the players we've got, yeah. that's the one position that may make it excusable yeah um, yeah so Felipe Anderson 34.5 million he cost West Ham uh, over the summer it's a lot of money that mm-hmm. and now he needs to come in and he, he needs to, he's got three goals and 11 appearances only one assist so far if you think about it though that's a sixth of the price of Neymar and would you argue that he's a sixth of the player well probably not but I suppose with net with I wouldn't say Neymar's six times better than him because that's quite a big... Yes, six times as many Brazilian goals, I think, as Felipe Anderson. Yeah, but I suppose like with someone <laughs> like that, Neymar, when you're paying 200 million, you're buying the brand as much as the player. Yeah, that's true. Whereas brand Felipe Anderson probably isn't worth very much. Yeah, not at the in minute. In comparison. Not at the minute, anyway. You heard it here first. Yeah, well, he is, he is 25. Should we get him on the pod? Uh, yeah, I'm Grand sure Felipe on. Anderson. I'm sure we'd. I'm sure his English is good enough to get by with. Probably well, our, you, but is. definitely not me. Ours is. <laughs> um, West Ham um, are looking. Have been looking pretty good in recent weeks. Um, what did, did? Where did you say they were going to finish at the end of the season? Um, safe. Safe. M- mid table. Yeah, mid table obscurity. Yeah, I'd say They're, probably just miss out on top twelve. I just had a feeling that they yeah. wouldn't quite make the top 12. They're one of those teams that are unbelievably inconsistent. So they, they will yeah. win they will win two or three games in a row and then they will lose against Southampton. Did you <laughs> not think uh, Javier Hernandez's goal was the most Hernandez goal you've ever seen? Yeah. It's classic. You know he's got, uh, he's the third highest scoring sub behind. I've got the stat Olivier here. Giroud. And? Uh, English. Uh, Peter Crouch. This player don't, don't, won, once scored five in a game. Oh, people will be screaming at the podcast now. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure it's quite that entertaining. Well, no, they'll be the screaming. The only thing they're screaming the is wrap it up. I, I did see this, but I can't. Uh, Jermaine Defoe. Jermaine Defoe, of course. You, yeah. Defoe should have got that. Tumbleweed again. Yeah, I know. I, I brought it back. So yeah. Yeah, I brought it on myself. <laughs> Maybe that should become a regular feature. Tumbleweed. To, yeah. <laughs> I'll just, uh, I'll just. No. I can still see. Um, well, so no, I still have voice, even though I'm ill. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Leicester play Burnley next weekend. Little prediction on Who's that. Who's at home? Uh, Leicester. Uh, Leicester win. Leicester win. Yeah, I think Burnley. Do you not remember there was that period of time where Joe Hart in goal? He just thought he was going to save everything. Yeah, when and he was that, playing for City, and now title I, winning season. He na- was quality. Now I feel like when someone's through one on one against them, it's like. And another goal goes in. Yeah, yeah. He's just, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, I, I don't think his career is resurrectable in terms of where he was. No. Where is, who was on the bench for goalkeeper for Burnley? Heaton. Heaton. So what's, I don't, I don't understand what's stopping Heaton from getting a game. I mean, he was one yeah. of the best, probably the third choice goalkeeper for England mm-hmm. before 
obviously poor by Shim is still out. Um, I think fourth choice is like uh, Lindergaard or someone like that. Um, who used to play for Man United? At uh, Burnley. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Cray. I'll um, have a little Luke. Uh, but I don't. I don't understand what's stopping uh, Heaton getting into that squad. Uh, so you're going for a Leicester win. I will. I'm going to go for. It's a difficult one because Leicester back at home after what's happened just before the international break. But Burnley need a win desperately, and they need to stop shipping goals. Um, I'm going to go for a score draw. I'm going to go for ones each. Yeah, and as Lindergaard. Yeah, they've got four like all right goalkeepers. Pretty, yeah, and they've got a couple out on loan as well. Burnley have got a lot of players out on loan. Have they really? Are they yeah. turned at Chelsea? About 20 out on loan. Bloody hell. Um, Alright, next up we've got Everton versus Brighton. Everton won 3-1. Um, that's Richarlison's uh, sixth goal this season so far uh, in nine appearances. <laughs> what did we say about him playing through the middle as well? It yeah. seems to be working a treat. Uh, that's one more goal than he got for Watford last season. Mm-hmm. In the whole season. Uh, but I want to start off by talking about Brighton. Uh and I want your opinions on Shane Duffy and Lewis Dunk. Um, I think that it was a really defensively naive performance. Like the goals they conceded were, they'll be really disappointed because on their day they're quite a solid pairing. I'm not going to go with like high quality. I mean, yeah. they're, they're they they can keep teams out when they're at the top of their game. Yeah, uh, they're a good pairing. But they're a good. They're not a great pairing. They're a good pairing. They're the best pairing that Brighton have. But they are prone to little moments of utter mad, utter madness. Yeah. And actually, the, I think it was the third goal where Richarlison's just fairly nonchalantly just put it round him. He's literally passed it into open space and ran round him. Yeah. You you don't want that happening in professional football. No, definitely not. I think. Um, we uh, when Newcastle played them last weekend and we had like 28 shots or whatever I think we played so much to their advantage that it was just ridiculous if the if you're going to cross the ball in against Brighton nine uh, 99 times out of 100 one of those two is going to clear the ball it's going to head it out or just going to win it off you if you play like how Everton did at the weekend which was uh, playing with the ball on the floor I don't think that you've got any problem I, th- I think they're, they're easy got at when the ball's on the floor Do you think that's why he started with the quartet of Richarlison, Walcott Sigurdsson and Bernard? Well I think also the fact that those four players are informed players yeah. Walcott missed a bit of a sitter Yeah. Um, but I think those are the informed players they're chugging along quite nicely, Everton, sitting ninth. Yeah. Um, how how essential is Sigurdsson to the way that they play at the minute? Oh, he's loving having that team built around him. Yeah. Uh, I think we've said it before, last year he was shoehorned into a position that he doesn't play in. Well, this is the question that was asked, and hopefully we might have an Everton guest on next week. Hopefully. Ooh. Um does he have the concentration I, span to last an hour? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, let's hope he doesn't listen to this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble for saying that. I personally, um, I think Sigurdsson is um, is a quality player. And I think he was, um, obviously they spent like 50 million on him, 60 million, something like that. And I think that he, 
Um, was it 44 million? I've got a feeling it was 44. Was it 44? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, I mean, hopefully, um, like at some point we'll have an Everton guest on and they'll be able to tell us who is actually buying the players at Everton and if that's still a problem. But especially last season with Class and Rooney and Sigurdsson all coming in, he's saying who's going to play in that number 10 position Rooney was always going to play Rooney was always going to play and I felt sorry for Sigurdsson and I've said it for the last five or six years after his period at Spurs he went back to Swansea and he was quality he cannot play anywhere else apart from that number 10 Yeah. but he plays in that number 10 and he is the stick my neck out top two number 10s in the league yeah, because you wouldn't really say that City play with a number 10. No, Liverpool, Liverpool don't. don't. Number 10. United aren't, they're playing 4 no. 3 3. Arsenal, uh, Ozil maybe. Yeah, I would when he's on top form. Yeah. Um, Ericsson. I wouldn't say he's better than Sigurdsson. People probably give me stats to tell me why that's not the case, but I, I would say Sigurdsson is better than Ericsson at this moment in time. Yeah. Uh, I think he's got more assists. Um, in like the past couple of years than all of these players you'd love him at Newcastle wouldn't you oh, I'd absolutely bite oh your hand off to have him at- I'd sell my penis and my right leg for Sigurdsson fairs and I think my parents as well <laughs> um, brilliant let's hope they don't hear that probably not well let's hope not um, another key part of um, of the way that Everton are playing at the moment is Dinya on the left and Coleman on the right. Um, they had an, they're becoming more of an influence on Everton um, progressively. Do you think that that movement from um, Baines to Dinya? Do you think it's benefited Everton? Yeah, I think Baines had sort of reached his not sell by date because arguably like he could go to another Premier League team and make an impression yeah um, but I think the way that um, Marco Silva plays he likes pace out wide yeah. and with with those that attacking quartet you'd argue that Walcott is a winger but Bernard's Bernard will like to cut inside yeah. so it's up to the fullbacks to keep the width and actually with Idrissa Gay and Andre Gomez sitting in midfield like they've really it's got a licence to bomb on it's looking good I think uh, Everton can make a push for top six this season yeah personally. yeah uh, I don't think they'll get it because I still think Man United will be in and around that top six but I think Everton have got a good chance to, to be in and around um, Cardiff play Brighton uh, at Cardiff this Saturday I think it is. Um, I think it's the early kickoff on Saturday. Actually, prediction for this one? We'll get to Everton later on. See, that is a game that Cardiff will be targeting because I feel like Brighton are one of those teams that could lose ten in a row. Yeah, but if Glenn if Glenn Murray scores, Brighton will win. But if Cardiff can keep Glenn Murray quiet, I for some reason I've got a feeling they're going to win this weekend. Uh, I bloody hope not. Although I kind of hope that Brighton are going to get sucked into it. It's a no-win situation as a Newcastle fan. This this game. So you're hankering um, on a draw. Yeah, I'm hankering on a draw, and I'm gonna. I'm actually going to go for a draw. Uh, I'm going to go for Cardiff can't score. I'm going to go for nil-nil. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a classic. What are you going for? Cardiff win. Yeah. By how much? It'll be by a goal. One-nil. So. Yeah. Now, 
onto the the game of the weekend, the last three o'clock kickoff on Saturday was Newcastle versus Watford. Newcastle won one nil. This is the first podcast where being able to celebrate a Newcastle United victory. Get the fuck in. That's all I've got to say. Let's move on to the next. Sorry, no. you should have said it's the only time you're going to be able to. Yeah, yeah, hopefully not. But I've probably. not been able to come on for quite a while. No, I know. On it's the back sad. of, uh, I've got my Bolton top on though, under my coat I and do. my well, jumpers. It's not doing much for you at the moment. We'll get on to. It's not doing much bit, for yeah. anybody at the moment. <laughs> so. um, <coughs> if Newcastle had lost this game at the weekend, they would have been the first side since the late '80s to lose their first six games at home. Who were the last team to do that? In the 80s? Yeah. Is it someone quite big? No. No, is it a team like... Are they Premier League now? No. No. Uh, yes, they are. Yes. Yeah, they are. Is it someone like Brighton? No, it's Watford. They could okay. have handed the mantle over themselves. You really link these little questions in, and I always think outside the box. Yeah. Yeah. You sh- Maybe you should be as simple as me. But then if I... <laughs> Oh, I'm pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty simple. Stick me in front of a PlayStation with a bottle of Coke and a box of chocolates and I'll literally sit there all day. Yeah, we know that. We know that. Um, it really was a game of two halves though on Saturday. Um, first half, Newcastle were absolutely woeful. Um, it was... I mean, we all... I remember last year when we played Watford at home. Um, yes, Perez. Man of the match, I Jose Perez on BBC. <laughs> right, okay, we'll get onto that. Um, yeah, last season when we played Watford at home, we were actually on Sim Stagdy that weekend, and I sat and listened to it in the hostel. Do you remember? And I was like nearly crying. Yeah, um, yeah, we. That was, was a fun terrible weekend. that day. But the, the first half was reminiscent of that. It was uh, fairly horrendous. And Delafeo missed four. They could have been four or five up. Delafeo missed a, a hatful of chances. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But I put a tweet out at the weekend. Uh, I don't know how many people are going to agree with this, and I don't know if you're going to agree with this. But in today's market, okay, Martin Dubravka is worth upwards of thirty million pounds. We paid four million pounds for him. Yeah, he Shout. was quality again on Saturday. I think there's. I can't believe what we've bought there. I think there's at least five Premier League teams that would have him at least. Oh yeah, and he would he would get on the bench of every top team. yeah so somewhere in the recruiting system at Newcastle someone's doing something right yes but alternatively there's no budget well there's no budget and also um, we've made some absolutely horrendous signings as well and uh, John, when Johnny was on a couple of weeks ago I think we were talking about like Rafa's recruitment I mean he's made some banging signings um, Richie Gale to get us out of the championship um, a couple of others to like keep us ticking along but then there's been countless like Akraf uh, Lazar um, Matt Sells who could have been a good sign and didn't had a poor game against Fulham first game of the championship and then didn't really recover was that, that. was that when Matt Smith who famously could, <coughs> could knit a barn door scored against you yeah I think so yeah, yeah. Um, but on Saturday um, we had three players go off with injury uh, Lascelles Shelby, Shelby and, Muto. and Muto okay so Muto went off first had a decent first half to be fair he's good at creating the space and running the channels and things like that he's uh, scored against Man United but hasn't well and he, he's missed a couple of good chances but nothing amazing yet um, Perez comes on 
Then I think Lascelles goes off at half time with a shoulder injury. Shaw comes on, and then Shelby goes off ten minutes into the second half, and Key comes on. Mm-hmm. Change the game. Key was. Has he played key. much for you? This he hasn't played a lot. Um, he came out in the week and said he was worried that Rafa didn't rate him. Did he play he for was. Sunderland last year? No, he played no. for Sun- He has played for Sunderland, but he was at Swansea. Yeah, because he's played like he's played for a few teams that because I think he was Swansea captain for a while wasn't he he was yeah and him and Shelby um, I can't remember the exact stat but Shelby's most productive season in terms of assists and goals I think came when he was playing in the centre of midfield with Key so maybe that's a potential partnership that could be Key more tumbleweed yeah I know I think Personally, there's been a lot of people saying, oh, we're better without Lascelles, we're better without Shelby. And Johnny said the other day, oh, maybe we should have cashed in on Lascelles when we had the chance. I'd, no, not for me. Uh, you can't judge it off He's one still game. developing, isn't he? He's still developing. Yeah, he's still developing. Also, he's, a, he's the leader in the dressing room. You could tell that. Although he came out last week and talked about uh, on Radio Newcastle and said that Mike Ashley was a good guy, sparked off. A hell of a response. He's definitely been like stitched up and like paid to go on radio. Yeah, because he's just signed a new six-year contract. He he can't have been paid to say that because Mike Ashley never gets his wallet out. Well, no, but he's just renewed his contract, so Mike Ashley has sort of got his wallet out. Uh, He signed a six-year contract last week. How many South Korea caps do you think Ki Sung Young has? Oh, he's got like he's got like a lot. Hundred and eight. Bloody hell! Bloody hell! But he was class on Saturday. His assist for the Paris goal, he admitted he was actually going for the top corner. But Perez's header was boss. Nowhere near man of the match, though. Man of the match for me was Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy made the tackle of the history of Newcastle on Saturday. Mr. Kennedy. Uh, Not Mr. Yeah, Kennedy yeah, on the left wing. Mr. <laughs> Kennedy. Just see Kennedy playing in his pants. Well, that was the, the reveal video when we first signed him, was that Mr. Kennedy thing and then him holding the show. Brilliant. Um, yeah, he had a brilliant game on Saturday. Um, as did Shaw when he came on, or Cher, I don't know how to pronounce Cher, it. Cher, it's got the umlaut on it. Um, sorry, Mr. German. Um, He's Swiss, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Is he German-Swiss, though? Um, probably with a name like that. Um, but he, um, he, he looks really good. He's comfortable at bringing the ball out, and that's what we needed in that game, because, as I said last week, like Shelby's sitting really deep at the moment, and there's just no creativity. Like you can't, you can't get forward if there's no creativity if he's sat that far back. So when Cher came on, he was able to push a little bit more mm-hmm. forward. Key was able to push them forward. He won the free kick, took the free kick. Perez scored, brilliant. He's, Kennedy was he's a great, good, solid player. I mean, he played over a hundred times for Swansea. Yeah, um, we won't talk about the first half. Watford. Um, were fairly they just missed so many chances they could have won the game 5-6-0 the first half and then and then didn't do anything in the second half um, <coughs> didn't have much luck Pereira hit the bar um, Watford had 16 shots but one on target yeah and that was the thing uh, they didn't start with a recognised striker either um, Andre Gray came on in the second half got booked should have had a red card for an elbow mm-hmm. uh, I don't think he's been flagged up on match of the day to be honest should have had a red card for an elbow though um, Football doesn't seem to have this policy of wanting to stamp out behaviour like that because they don't have retrospect. They don't really have retrospect. Well, he got a yellow card, so yeah, it wouldn't have been looked at anyway, which is ridiculous. We've spoken about this before. That that is a rule that needs to get. I changed. found out the rule in rugby for retrospective banning is if it merits a red card. 
if it really? meets the red card criteria, then you can be banned retrospectively. Well, then that needs to be brought into football, doesn't it? And the maximum ban in rugby is four years for foul play. Bloody That's hell. testicle grabbing. Testicle grabbing? Yeah. 256 weeks. Um, Newcastle play Bournemouth. Uh, three o'clock on Saturday. Got to back you for Park. another win. Got to back you for another win. Go on, win. then. Score prediction. Well, it's never going to be more than 1 0, is it? No, you're, you're probably right. I don't. I think we'll concede this weekend, personally. Okay. Uh, I think... I, I'm hoping for a win. I'm mm-hmm. hoping for a win, but I don't think we'll win. Uh, I think it'll be ones each. Okay. You going for a Newcastle win? One yeah, nil? yeah, why not? This is why you're on the podcast every week, Josh. Yeah, I know. I'm not this just a pretty face. This is why you're one half of this podcast. Because instil hope in me. Well, I've got no hope with my own team, <laughs> yeah. so I might as well move on to yours. <coughs> so there was two late games on Saturday, the first of which, uh, the half-five, was Arsenal versus Liverpool, arguably the pick of the weekend. Got um, it. Tiny tip didn't come yeah, in. Could have done. Gosh. There was a lot lot of hit in the post yeah, and disallowed goals. Um, finished one all. What a goal by Lacazette. Arsenal yeah. are full of quality goals at the minute. Mm-hmm. Full of quality goals. But I want to talk about, uh, obviously, Arsenal have beaten in 13 games now. It's quite a big result for them. But I want to talk about um, only one real thing from this game. Um, and that, that was the Allison versus Leno uh, like goalkeeping situation. I thought both were not great on Saturday. Yeah, I think when Arsenal signed Leno, didn't a load of Bayer Leverkusen fans were quite happy about that. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what Oli was I saying. I think he's weeks ago. he's a bit like when De Gea first came over. Like he's clearly got potential, but like he's never played in a league like the Premier League before. Yeah, um, I think he, he. I think they they got a bit lucky Arsenal on Saturday, but although they were the better team for most of the game, but I also think that Liverpool got a bit lucky because Allison wasn't that good either. Liverpool only had thirty eight percent possession. And currently, as we record this podcast, I think Liverpool have just lost to uh, Red Star Belgrade. They were 2-0 down when we walked through the door. Um, Let's have a quick look. Um, If stuff loaded faster, then everything will be I'm on my data, so I can have a look if you like. Go on. They just seem to be... Yeah. They'll they'll get on a run. They'll get on a run, but then... Oh, Tottenham are losing 1-0 as well. Pretty hell, yeah. Uh, two nil, two nil loss to two nil. Pavkov, Belgrade. That's that's huge. Do you not yeah. think the numbers that the British teams having to put on the back of their kits in Europe look like? I like them, me. But they do look a bit cheap. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they bit. look like they've gone on a uh, Blue Moon Sport. Yeah. Actually, no. I, I I rate Blue Moon Sport. So if they listen to this, that's not a dig. <laughs> not a dig. I I I I, I, I like your company. Um. But yeah, they look a bit like a budget. Yeah, they're a bit budgety, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I think that's a huge result tonight. Yeah. Have they lost? Yeah, they've lost to Napoli as well. So they. Yeah. Is that their third game or no? So they've won. They've got six points out of twelve. That group's wide open. It is. Yeah. I'm just having a look at the table now. They're still top. Um, <coughs> Napoli have six points. PSG have five points. And now Red Star have uh, four points. Whew. Wide open. Yeah, it's going to be big, that. You look big. at the other groups that are pretty much decided. Yeah. Uh, what was the... Uh, oh, Napoli and PSG are playing now. Mm-hmm. So if one of those win... That was number two, by the way. Yeah. If one of those win, 
then uh, it's going to put them top of the league. Yeah, like, if Spurs lose tonight, they're pretty much out. Yeah, if I was Spurs, out. I would not want to go into the Europa League. No, definitely not. We've seen what it's done to teams in the past. Um, although it could be if Spurs miss out on top four this season, which uh, I have... But I think that's putting a that, huge yeah. risk because... The Europa League's a tough competition to win. It's a tough competition made harder by the fact that you play on Thursday, Saturday or Thursday, Sunday. Yeah, I don't think you can play on a Saturday if you play on Thursday. Well, th- Thursday, Sunday then. Yeah, because you basically need two squads and Spurs barely have one. So. Yeah, they don't have a... And, and Kane can't play. We've talked about this. Kane can't play Sunday, Thursday, every week. Well, n- neither, can any, neither can anyone. <laughs> yeah. I found out today as well... Um, uh, in the English rug- domestic English rugby there's a limit as to how many games you can play oh really yeah you can only play 35 a year which is still quite a lot considering how much you actually put yourself through yeah just bringing it back to Arsenal-Liverpool Arsenal play on Thursday in the Europa League they're dealing really well with that Europa League Premier League switch because they've got a big squad um, and the youngsters are really stepping up in Europe yeah. as well Emile Smith-Rowe he needs to step up his eyebrow game. They are some pretty. <laughs> yeah, he would not look out of place in Liverpool on a Saturday night <laughs> on a Hendy. Do you have curlers in as well? Yeah, curlers. Um, Emil. Arsenal play Wolves at the weekend after obviously playing on Thursday. That could be a uh, cracking game. Who they play? Uh, they play Sport and Lisbon on Thursday at the Emirates. Uh, yeah, it could be a really good game. That could be a cracking game. Prediction. For- the purists uh, Arsenal win mainly because of the quality they've got I think Wolves will compete for about 65 minutes and then Arsenal will probably end up winning by 2 or 3 yeah. just because Wolves will be chasing the game I'm going to go for the same thing Two. I'm going to go 3-1 I think they'll get a, I think they'll get a goal Wolves and how apt that they were the late kick off mm-hmm. um, they played Spurs who we've just been talking about uh, did you know that they once met in a European final Wolves and yeah Spurs. I think I did know that uh, and Spurs won um, Wolves are still missing chances they had a multitude of chances while it was uh, while it was 0-0 and 1-0 mm-hmm. on Saturday um, Spurs were a bit lucky uh, and I felt sorry for Juan Foyth I just assumed he was Scottish when I've previously <laughs> seen his name it's like Foyt or something isn't it yeah um, well, I just assumed he was going to get sent off, but then he didn't get booked for that first challenge. Oh, do you not? No, so it was only he got booked for the second one. Um, I felt sorry for him. The yeah, I felt sorry for him. First Premier League start. Um, it's a baptism of fire for anybody, but playing at centre half <coughs> against a team that are well up for a game like that as well. Yeah. Difficult. Where are Wolves knocking about in the league at the minute? I'll find it for you. Are they in the the eleventh? 15 points minus one goal difference they need to score more goals they do they need to score more goals definitely um, they started with Cavaliero on that side instead of Adama this week um, obviously they scored twice but obviously two penalties but they're missing so many they, chances they had a goal ruled play. out for offside that wasn't offside as well oh did they yeah uh, it was like very not offside as well it was about two yards oh, onside really? I feel like I'm in a bit of a I'm just repeating myself every week because I don't with Newcastle or Wolves. Well, not this week. Newcastle won't. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel right now. Um, they, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm repeating myself every week because they, 
are creating so many chances, but they just can't put them away. And I, I, I can't see that changing. Yeah, I really can't see that changing at the minute. Um, like you said a couple of weeks ago, though, at least they're making the chances. Now it's mm-hmm. up to um, I can't remember. And they're quite defensively. Front. I mean, I know Spurs have scored three, but um, <laughs> right. This might come across in the wrong way, but you know there was this whole Gary Neville Jermaine Genus thing this week where Gary Neville's come out and said like oh in my lifetime Spurs are one of those teams that if you're losing 3-0 to them you think you're going to win 4-3 yeah yeah um, what did Jermaine Genus say so and then I've Jermaine Genus was like that's really rude Like, and then it, Neville said some other things about like the about the culture of the club and not being a winning team I, I saw um, the fight with, uh, with Harry Redknapp and, and obviously and then Neville was like well here are my managerial statistics but I mean he was comparing Valencia to like Birmingham yeah I know. Um, he didn't put his I noticed he didn't put his uh, Spurs stats up there when he got them fourth fourth fifth uh, yeah indeed yeah. Um, and I would sort of be inclined to agree with Gary Neville because there was a period in my lifetime where for example I remember Spurs being 3-0 up at United and losing 5-3 yeah um, it's difficult isn't it because they don't have the money of the other teams but they're trying to compete at that level and they're actually doing a pretty good job on the money they've got because they're reportedly investing a billion into this new stadium I worry though that if they don't make any signings in January everything's going to go stale and Yeah, that, that, I mean I don't think they'll get top 4 this season I think I've got City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal in my top four, and then Spurs, Europa League, Manchester United sixth. Um, I, but I think I said at the start of the season they've they've had their best start for for yeah. years. But but the standards improved. Yeah, and I they, think and they I, haven't. I saw on match of the day they were comparing the last time someone went uh, unbeaten f- through eleven league games and topped the table was Liverpool in like nineteen eighty nine and they had twenty one points or something. Really? And now it's like uh, what city on like twenty nine or yeah, thirty or something, something like that. Well there's three teams unbeaten still in yeah. the league. <coughs> for the first time ever. Um Mauler Mella Magic, he scored again. Yeah, he's come out of nowhere. But it's it's like we said a couple of weeks ago, his stats are amazing. Um he he just needs to slow learner. He just needs to play more. Yeah, yeah, he he's one of them, more. isn't he? One of them. Yeah. Right on to Sunday's games. Uh, Manchester City play South ha- uh, played Southampton. City won six one. Absolute rout. Some uh, of the defending was abysmal. Utter right. utter. Talk utter to me shite. about Raheem Sterling. We've talked about him before on the podcast. Um, a brilliant game. Also. I feel like he is a lot more mature now than he ever was um, some of the stuff he did arguably some of the things he does for City doesn't seem to do for England I'm hoping that is something that he can resurrect like uh, I think we've spoken about this before my opinion on it is that he has played out of position for England and when he has he wasn't recently position, yeah but he scored yeah he scored he did and, indeed and, and he played well in both games yeah um, he he um, his first goal, he actually fluffed the first chance, but he kept his head and then just like coolly passed into he the goal. He wouldn't have done that in the past. Exactly. In the past, uh, like I've said before, I I think he can become uh, one of the best players in the world. And he was in for his hat trick and he laid it off for Zane, who had a tap in. You know what the key thing for me is is that the reason I think why he could be one of the best in the world is because since Guardiola's come in, he's learned 
yeah. from Guardiola. So he's clearly football intelligent. Yeah, and and also it wasn't like it was the first, like the summer that Guardiola had with him. Uh, obviously not the summer just gone, but the summer before. And there's clips of like Guardiola turning him on the training ground and like sorting out his body shape and telling him where he needs to run. Stuff yeah, like he that. runs a lot less camply than he did previously. I've also noticed. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean proper mincing down the touchline. He still runs line. like uh, like a dinosaur. Yeah. Like a T Rex running along with his arms up, yeah. Um, but he, he's obviously like good at picking up things and uh, putting it into practice. There's a lot of players where I feel like that you can go on the training ground and you can do stuff. I mean, like we, do, we don't normally talk about the fact that we're musicians on the podcast, but I know a lot of people in a very similar position that can do something in a practice room really, really well. But as soon as you take it onto a gig, they can't applicate it. You're talking about me. Yeah, <laughs> I know this. You one bastards! <laughs> you bastards! But, but I reckon it's the same in football. Like you, you, uh, you can do something in the on the training pitch, but as soon as you're in that pressurized environment, maybe yeah, it's, yeah. It, it doesn't become second nature. Whereas I think Sterling is applying in that. a city shirt for definite. Yeah, I think we'll find out next. Yeah, in the next I'm hoping, weeks, so. hoping so. I'm. On Southampton, Danny Murphy did a bit of a feature on it and he said when he played under Mark Hughes, his tactic against the bigger teams was high-pressing in your face, even if they didn't have the players to do that. And I feel Southampton do have the players to do that. Uh But they didn't do it. And I'm just wondering if there's a bit of a divide between the players and the manager because they've just... what They started to implement his game plan at 3-0 down. And they they scored from like the first high press they did as a they team. A penalty, they they got a penalty. They were the first team to score against Manchester City since who? Uh, is it a Newcastle player? It was Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, how well that ties into my question. Oh, it'd be actually. Yedlin. Was it yeah. Yedlin? Yeah. yeah. How long um, does Marquise have left in this job? Um, three months. Really? Yeah. That long, eh? Uh, I'm being conservative. I just want to talk about one player. He's only started four games this season, but I think he's a key feature of the Southampton team and could be a really, really good player, and that's James Ward-Prowse. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, only four four games this season. Why isn't he getting more game time? Um, no idea. They've made, Have they made a couple of signings in midfield that have maybe been... I just don't get it. Like They they have the players to go up with... Vest- Is it Vestergaard? Lamina, Hewitt and Hoiberg played in the middle with him. Who's it? No, who's playing in defence? Uh, Cedric Suarez, Stevens, Hurt, and Bertrand. Who's that? They have a really tall centre back. Vestergaard like, was yeah, on the bench. Yeah, it's Vestergaard. Um, if they're playing Vestergaard and you've got James Ward Prowse on the pitch, who is probably in the top ten set piece takers in the country, then why aren't, why isn't Ward Prowse on the pitch to take your set pieces if you're playing Vestergaard at the back? Or if you're playing like Austin up front? or any of those guys because they're tall they're going to get at you and against teams like City where generally the quads, the squad's quite small I mean did they play Otamendi at the back at the weekend and Stones and uh, no, Stones and Laporte and Laporte they're not the tallest of defenders you know yeah. so you can get at them um, 6-1 is just ridiculous you know Aguero scored more goals this season than Southampton have yeah that's crazy and it, it was game over after 12 minutes yeah it was it was, it was, it was I awful. flicked it on at 18 minutes and they were 3-0 down I was like did you did what? you see that period of play it was it was those uh, 
I think they were two or three down. City didn't score, but there was about three players passing it around the whole Southampton team. Yeah. And the whole defence is just running around like a headless chicken. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, the question I want to ask about City, actually, when you talk about the football that they play, uh, are they better without De Bruyne? I think they've learnt to be better than they were without him. But you wouldn't not have De Bruyne in that no, team, would I you? Yeah. You wouldn't not. They, they've gone to another level. Like they, they have an aura about them that Barcelona had almost. T- teams don't have hope when they go to the Etihad. They'll, uh, if they don't win the Champions League this season, I don't think they'll ever win it. There's some very odd music going on in this building. Yeah, I know. I'd like to apologise for the background music if you can. I didn't. Hear it. I didn't mind the rock and roll band. It's just the bass player kept turning up. Yeah, classic bass player. Yeah. Um, all right, Southampton play Watford at the weekend. Little prediction on that one. Watford win. Uh, I'm one would like a Watford win, um, kind of, um, but I'm going to go for a Southampton victory. One. Okay. I think it'll be. Watford will play very similar to how they played against Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big one next weekend, Manchester City play Manchester United Ooh. in the Manchester derby. Man, I, also, I know Man this. you play Juventus tomorrow night um, and then play City on Sunday. Tough. I, I know it's the Manchester derby because I'm getting a train to Blackburn to get a lift with our good friend Elliot Chapman to a gig uh-huh. and he said make sure you arrive after this time because I am watching the Manchester Derby and will not be coming to get you from the <laughs> station <laughs> Prediction? Um, City win got to be I think although Mourinho seems to have a knack of pulling something out of the bag in these big yeah. games I am um, my head says that it's going to be a draw but I'm really not sure because I think City could win it 10-0 could be another 6-1 I'm going to put my neck on the line and I'm going to say it's going to be a 3-3 draw Cray you're going for a City win? yeah by how much? 2 goals 2-0, 3-1 around there yeah um, alright next game on Sunday was Chelsea versus Crystal Palace Um Chelsea, the last two times they've gone unbeaten in their first 11 games, um, they've won the league. And that was Sarri when has, City weren't a thing, though. Sarri has matched the longest unbeaten start by a new Premier League manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just feel like he's a sort of manager that if, if they lost three in a row, he'd be a bit clueless. Not clueless. I feel like he'd stick to his principle yeah. like no matter what. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He's got that sort of mad scientist vibe. I quite, about him. I, you know what? I didn't know much about him before he came to Chelsea. I, re, I, I really like him as a manager. Yeah, yeah, he's a great He's a character. really funny guy. Uh, what he said about Zaha this week when he was like, um, how did you do. Uh, what are you going to. Oh, what was it? Something about Zaha's pace. And he was like, um, because Zaha's very fast. It was like, um, how are you going to, like, how... You're doing a really good job yeah, of explaining I can't this. remember what the quote was, but it's really, really good. He's just like, he's just in he's the on press the ball, conference, and he's he, just yeah. like, he was just like dead straight with the journalist. He's just like dead straight with the journalist. Best way to be. Yeah, he was, he was really, really good. Um, but Pal- they played into City's, uh, into Chelsea's hands because Palace was so deep uh, for the whole game. Um, 
what does Hodgson need to do to get this Crystal Palace play, get this Crystal Palace team winning when Zaha isn't on song? Because Townsend scored a great goal on Saturday. I. They played Townsend and Zaha up top, but neither of them are centre forwards. No, Townsend. I've seen Townsend play um, right back. I've seen him play right back. I've seen him in the flesh play. He is a winger. Yeah, hundred percent a winger. A good set piece taker as well, by the way. But he is a winger. Out and out. He's not a striker. He doesn't have the presence. He doesn't have the. Um, he doesn't have the f- physicality to play yeah. up front in the Premier League. Especially when you're playing up against David Luiz and Rudiger. I think they need a focal point. And Ben Teke is not doing it for them. And no. Solot's not doing it for them either. We've said before that there's players that could go in there and do a job. One of them, I think, being Rashford. Would he want to go there, though? Yeah, would he fuck? Would he fuck? But that's because he's... I'll probably get a hate off Man United fans for this but that's because his ego's too big now to go to a yeah. team like that even though it would benefit his career to do that and play week in week out for a team like Palace but he would never do it a lot of the top players have done that yeah Beckham went on loan to Preston North End he did five games yeah there's a few there's a few players that have done it in the past and I think it would really benefit him uh, you can tell that Murata's got confidence now though Uh even though Would you not a be a bit annoyed that your manager's defensive. sort of coming out and calling you fragile to the press? Um, no, because it's true. Yeah, I think even he knows that it's true. He's not up to the physicality of the Premier League, is he? Really? No. But he's he got the ability to score goals. Yeah, he could have had a hat trick in most of the games he started this season, but he's been but that is, wasteful. Is that because the players around him are so good? Yes. He was looking for the second goal as well because mm-hmm. Palace's defending was possibly the worst defender I've seen from a set piece this season and I've watched Newcastle yeah it was it was pretty piss poor <laughs> 74% possession Chelsea yeah well they're always going to have a lot of possession aren't they ticky tacky do you remember when you first started watching football and that never happened that was not a thing no well unless it was like England Andorra or something yeah um, Crystal Palace plays Spurs at the weekend prediction Spurs win uh, I'm also going to go for no I'm not Palace are at home draw one each uh, Chelsea play Everton that'll be a good game good game who's at home Bridge. Chelsea win just because they're at home oh there's number three <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for another draw in this one ok I always uh, seem to go for a win I never go for a draw twos each I think Everton have enough to get a point there mm-hmm. um, alright to last night's game Huddersfield versus Fulham uh, first win of the season for Huddersfield but what has happened to Fulham? Uh, well, their apparent saviour, Timothy Fosu-Mensa, has scored no goal. <laughs> yeah. You know they had one shot on target in the whole game? Yeah. They seem to have just lost their mojo a little bit. And the manager's come out and said, I don't know if my job's safe. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. They're £100 million spent, just over. And they haven't improved the defence at all. I think that says a lot about the manager and a lot about Fulham in terms of They've gone, oh, you know what, we're just going to buy some great centre forward, some great strikers. I mean, they bought Schürrle, great, great striker. Seri had, like, a good game, or a good game and a half. Mitrovic has banged in five goals. Literally, literally, what did I say in the first couple of podcasts? 
he'll go missing. He has done nothing. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. The ball has been put on a plate for him. He scored five goals. He's a goal scorer. Yeah. But in general play, the reason that Fulham are like can't create anything is, is because he just doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. He's he's a poor footballer. He's a poor footballer. Um, but they've spent all this money on this attacking talent, and they haven't shored up the defence at all. And he's gone back on his philosophy, like you were saying last season, of playing three at the back or five at the back, whatever they were doing. And uh, it was just terrible. It's just terrible. And Sessegnon should have had a red card. He's not a full-back, is he? No. Not a full-back. When you look down the bench as well, Chambers, McDonald, Ream, Christie, Mawson. That was like their starting defence. It's quite a sad uh, starting back four, isn't it? And I don't think it is it better, Bettinelli in goal? No, he was on the bench. Who's in goal at the weekend? Uh Rico. No idea who he is. But I think it says a lot about Bettinelli that he's been dropped because he's been terrible. And he's got England call ups. Yeah, I hope he doesn't. No, same here, same here. Um should would uh, should Huddersfield have had a penalty? Uh, I've not seen on foul. I've not seen it. I'm afraid. Uh, it was a definite penalty. I will tell you. Yeah, it was a definite cool. Penalty. Not the right. Love the Premier League, and we'll get on to talking about something a little bit later on that uh, has come up this week in terms of story. But Huddersfield versus Fulham on a Monday night football. It's not game football. I want to watch. Yeah, but then that's leaning towards that it should always be. Did you think someone's going to come in then? I don't know. Uh, that's leaning towards it should always be scheduled around Premier teams filling the Premier slots. Yeah, I mean I'm not a big advocate of Nottingham Forest versus Aston Villa either. I have to admit. It was but, a, it was actually Aston Villa versus Bolton on Friday. Yeah, I know it was, yeah. and that's what we're going to talk um, about next. Oh dear. Uh, Huddersfield versus West Ham at the weekend. Huddersfield versus West Ham prediction. West Ham win. I'm going to go for a West Ham win. Also two 0 Liverpool versus Fulham at the weekend uh, about 5 nil to landslide. Liverpool landslide landslide because they'll come back from what happened tonight I'm going to go for bold prediction 6-0 Liverpool Cray alright next up to the championship Aston Villa versus Bolton Friday night football you've had four days to let it sink in Josh you lost 2-0 one goal in the first half one goal in the second half tell us about it oh, I've not even watched the highlights because I was that depressed Uh <laughs> I had about two people come up to me and say, you know, they should have had a third goal as well and they probably could have had about five or six more. Um, I'm not one for firing a manager after like 15 games of a season, but... 16. 16. um, He kept us up last season, Phil Parkinson, so I feel like he's earned himself some time to try and turn it around. Ultimately, I think survival should be our end game anyway. Um, we just seem to have stumbled onto free fall that we can't seem to arrest at the moment. So yeah, you're down into twentieth, <coughs> minus eleven goal difference. That is the second worst in the league. Yeah, that's not uh, good. Ne- next to Ipswich, who are dead bottom. Uh, you're one point off twenty third. Yeah, that's it's not quite good. depressing. Because um, about three weeks ago, we were six points off of the relegation zone. Full stop. Yeah, you play on Saturday against Swansea. Home or away? Uh, at home. Well, we've not won uh, at home. sat in ninth. Yeah, that's... I don't know what their form is like. We've been getting Swansea. more points away from home than at home recently, so... Uh, Swansea have uh, 
are not in great form. They lost to Rotherham uh, at the weekend, um, and they they beat Reading, who were round round about you. Beat Blackburn, lost against Villa, lost against Ipswich, who are bottom of the league. So there is hope there, Josh. No, and there's there, there's, well. there's no hope. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go. I want a little prediction on this. I'm gonna go for a Bolton to get their first win in eight games or whatever it is. Eight uh, is like just thirteen a one, or something. One, just one, one in twelve. Okay. Um, no, I can't see it happening. Have some faith. Have Josh. some faith. Have some faith. I just don't think this is the, this is a game that we'd particularly want. I'd rather be playing Rotherham. You'd rather be playing Rotherham. Yeah. Um. So you're going for a loss then? Um, I'll go for a draw. I'll go for a one-all draw. Okay, fair enough. All right then, on to the last couple of topics that we're going to talk about this week. The first one is uh, the potential England squad that's going to be announced this week for the friendly against mm-hmm. the USA and the game against Spain? Uh, no, it's Croatia, Croatia. at home. Uh, Wayne Rooney has been called up for England. Discuss. Um... I think it was unfortunate that his international career sort of ended with a whimper. Yeah. Uh, I think his last international was a 3 0 win over Scotland. It's not a whimper, but without fanfare. Uh, but I think Peter Shilton's come out in the press this week and said we shouldn't be giving away caps for free. Yeah. Um, and uh, his argument was, uh, and I saw a lot of people fighting back on this, his argument was that if it was. Because they're doing it for Wayne Rooney's charity, but mm-hmm. call it a charity game. Don't yeah. give the caps away. I completely agree with him. Yeah, and Southgate said in September, he said, we've got 20 games until Euro 2020. Like, that's not very much time to develop a new squad. So Is that his choice, do you think? That, that, that uh, I happened? can't imagine that Gareth Southgate will have been... Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because ultimately... Rooney was captain when Southgate took over. I feel like he's what is Gareth Southgate's walked into the FA. They've gone. We're gonna we're gonna ask Wayne to come back and uh, we're gonna do this match. And he's been like, yeah. And then he's gone home to his wife and been like, fucking undermining me. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think it's nice that he gets a game. Uh, I can sort of remember Beckham having a farewell game, but it wasn't like the David Beckham charity match or whatever. Um, tricky because he has been a great servant for England he never quite maybe reached the heights in terms of performances at tournaments and things mm-hmm. but I just think like where's he going to play why is he going to is he going to start like well that's the question I I can and he sort of has do you know to. what's been annoying me the most is people like Oh, Rooney deserves his call up because he's been playing so well for DC United. He's playing right. No offense to the MLS, he's playing a pub league, and people are like Bradley Wright Phillips what? is doing well in that league. Yeah, I know. He's and Bradley like the Wright top scorer and, yeah. in the MLS or something. Like you know, ever. when he arrived at his club, he was the lowest paid player, and now he's the highest at the club he's at. He's a, he's the highest in the whole of the MLS. Yeah, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. However. <sighs> I like the sentiment. He's playing against the yeah. US. It's for his charity. Yeah, fair enough. But it's the giving everyone caps and using it as a because um, that should be preparation for a big crunch match against Croatia. Yeah, we're still potentially in with a shout of finishing bottom of that group. If Croatia beat Spain and then beat us, then we're down. Yeah, it's um, scary, isn't it? 
Yeah. So, um, all right. So I'm going to go through the England squad for the last the last internationals, uh, and I want a yes or no answer to each player. Mm-hmm. We're going to count how many no's there are, and you're going to tell me the players that are going to fill those spots. Interesting. <coughs> Is this if I was picking, if or do I picking, think? Yeah, okay. If you were picking. Okay, Marcus Bettinelli. No. Uh, Jack Butland. Yeah. Alex McCarthy. Uh, yes. Uh, Jordan Pickford. Yes. Alexander Arnold. Yes. Joe Gomez. Yes. Harry Maguire. Yes. Danny Rose. Yes. Luke Shaw. Yes. John Stones. Yes. James Tarkovsky. No. Kieran Trippier. Yes. Carl Walker. Yes. Ross Barkley. Yes. Nathaniel Chalobah. Yes. <sighs> Eric Dyer. Begrudgingly, yes. Jordan Henderson. Yes. Mason Mount. Um. Mm, can I come back to that one at the end? Yeah. Uh, Harry Winks. Yes. Harry Kane. Yes. James Madison. Yes. Marcus Rashford. Yes. Jaden Sancho. Yes. Raheem Sterling. Yes. Danny Welbeck. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> you should see Josh's eyes right now. <laughs> but he is going to get called up, though, isn't he? Yeah, of course. Like he is. he is, so it has to be yes. Okay, so that's two spots, and you didn't say anything about um, Mason Mount. I'm going to go with no. Okay, so Wayne Rooney's taking up one spot, so you've got two spots left. Who's so calling Rooney's up? coming in for Mason Mount. Oh, yeah. that's tricky. See, I think he might call up. I think Rooney might be an extra player. Okay. Potentially, because he can call up like up to twenty-eight players or something. Okay. Um, Bettinelli will probably still get called up because for some reason we like to have four keepers in the squad. Um, Ridiculous. uh, It'll be Pickford, Butland, and Heaton's not played, so he can't. Which is why McCarthy will be in. Mm -hmm. Um, Tarkovsky out. Yeah. Who in? Um, Dunk. Did you say Chilwell on there? By the way. No, he wasn't in the initial. He'll he'll be in. Yeah, but I wouldn't say I'd say he'd be in anyway, because that leaves us a little bit light at centre half, and I thought unfortunately Nathan Ake is Dutch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as we've established yeah. on this podcast, um, we brought it to you guys first. There's not that many British centre halves. Okay, so you've got a choice of let's think who's playing in the Premier League. Smalling, Smalling, Tarkovsky, Tarkovsky, Rob Holding, Holding, Lewis Dunk. Now Lewis Dunk got called up last time. Mm, yeah, but he's been shite recently. So let's say that you fill that extra space with a centre back, whoever that may be. Because we've only got three. Then you've got no room left for Callum Wilson. Why? Where was my third? Rooney. Yeah. Uh, Chilwell was going to be Chilwell. in anyway. That wasn't a replacement. I think oh, he'll okay. be called up anyway. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I think he'll get called up anyway because he's arguably first choice at the moment. Uh, yeah, and then Callum Wilson instead of Mason Mount. I okay. I don't think Mount, Chalobah, Tarkovsky, Bettinelli, or Welbeck will get called up. I think Chalobah will get called up because he's a product of the system that Southgate oh, put into place. Snore fest. But he's a defensive midfield player. That midfield is the most uninspiring thing I've ever seen. Oh, Chalobah, mm. Dyer, Henderson. Yeah, but they won't wow. play all together. No, I, yeah, he played Dyer and Henderson in the same midfield a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that it's was absolute depressing. snooze fest. Absolute snooze fest. 
uh, Callum Wilson's got to be in there mm-hmm. um, Chilwell you're right has got to be in there John Joe Shelby's got to be in there Lingard might be back in as oh well. no yeah, I said I wasn't going to mention John Joe Shelby in England yeah. again sorry you failed although he came out and said a couple of weeks ago he's like I'm j- I know I'm just not going to get in the England squad now mm-hmm. which I think is completely the right attitude to have because I think Southgate's a is a is a bore. Anyway, next up is a story that has uh, that broke yesterday. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but Arsene Wenger is set to take over AC Milan. I'm Ooh. not sure if it's confirmed yet. He's going to take over from Gattuso at AC Milan. Mm-hmm. Is that a good fit for Milan? Yes. Yeah. Initially, I think he oh, was. Oh, wait there. 38 minutes ago, Arsene Wenger rubbishes links to AC Milan. Would it be a good fit for AC Milan if it was true? Yeah. How are they doing under Gattuso? Because he initially did all right because he's quite a passionate bloke, isn't he? I've um, got... They're not. They're fourth in the Serie A. They yeah. won, uh, they've won the last couple of games, I think. That's about as well as they've done recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've won. They beat Udinese, Genoa... Uh, Sampdoria they lost against Inter so that's probably that was their last loss so it's probably Icardi <coughs> scored in the 92nd minute I think it's quite sad what sort of happened to the Milan clubs because they're real sort of powerhouses of European football Yeah, that are sort of no more uh, nice to see Inter back in the Champions League but um, yeah I think he would be a good fit I think he'd be a good fit anywhere to be honest yeah I agree Um I still think he's going to Japan personally he's yeah. not going to get the Real Madrid job as Johnny said um, because they're going to have to fill that They, I think in Spain you have to fill it within two weeks yeah. so, um, and I think they'll go in house mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see um, right the next thing that I want to talk about um, and this is a huge thing that's come out in the last week uh, it's rumours about a European Super League uh, it will see if you haven't heard this story um, it'll see the top five teams from England uh, they're talking about Man City Man United Liverpool Chelsea and Arsenal breaking away from the Premier League and joining an elite European league which will have Barcelona Real Madrid uh, in, I think the two Milan clubs were in there um, Atletico I think were in there a couple of other things what and this is a this is as a separate thing this is not so like they wouldn't play in the Premier League they wouldn't I mean, play in the Premier League no um, I think that would be a very silly thing to do definitely it's uh, a money making thing what what they want is they want the clubs want to own uh, want to own football as it is that's what they're saying anyway yeah I like the clubs are like they're not the custodians of the game they're sort of like the everyday people that keep it going like, I think that's a really selfish thing to do because for teams like Bolton get drawn against Arsenal in the FA Cup that's like that's a big day out for like Bolton fans that's yeah. like you know the potential of a cup upset and that's sort of like the the what what football's all about I think that's I don't think that'll ever happen but you've got to think about so this the apparently um, Manchester It'll, United have already said that they're interested be money driven wouldn't it oh, 100%. money driven and that but the thing you've got to think about and this has been overlooked in a lot of the things that I've heard about this is are fans going to travel from Manchester to over to Turin on a Saturday afternoon to watch a game and then fly back on the Sunday? And are they going to do that every other week? Going to Turin one week, then the next week going to Barcelona, then the next week going to Milan. 
and then the next week going to wherever. My personal opinion is, <clears throat> and I would love to see this, is the sort of the Champions League being sort of rebranded, not rebranded, but reinstated as the European Cup and having a round system. Yeah. I think it will work better. Two legs, round one. Because then you get ties, like you will get shit ties. Because you, you'll you get, get Red t- Star Belgrade you against. Get, I mean, Red Star aren't probably one of the teams that you'd say a week, but you get like the champions of Hungary getting. I think it's Stoya Bucharest today, yeah. like the one of the big Hungarian teams, and they're not as good. They're not in the top thirty-two club sides in Europe. Well, that that's the thing, and the other thing about the uh, European Super League was it was invite only, and what happens like you're in a league. If you get relegated, what happens? Yeah. Where do you go? Like that is what football is all about. Like it's that competitive nature. If you're always going to be sat in that league, then players aren't really want to going to want to go there, are they? Yeah, I think it's madness. I think it's money-driven businessmen talking shite. Well, we'll keep an eye on this story because it's uh, it's quite. Um, this is the most sort of vociferous it's ever been. Yeah. I mean, it's been mooted before, but I think now that there's clubs starting to, I think starting to get on board, um, mm. it's, it's it's turning, it's turning into something really interesting. It's really interesting, Dave. I I'd really like to find out uh, your views on it, the listeners' views. Um, so if you've got any views on this, please tweet in at JaffPod and um, <clears throat> find us on Twitter and Instagram, stuff like that. Um, I'd love to hear your opinions on it. Okay. On to last week's question, which was our top five creative midfielders. Uh, we've had some really good suggestions during the week. Uh, let me just get it up. Um, Janino. Was that <laughs> um, from uh, Elliot Tut by any chance? Of course it was. He put Janino, Gaston Ramirez, Lee Tomlin, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and Johnny Halson. All Middlesbrough or ex-Middlesbrough players, of course. Brilliant. Um, Johnny, who was on a couple of weeks ago, said impossible question having to discount players like Rivaldo and Maradona. Uh, Ronaldinho, he's missed out. Um, so he's gone for Zidane, Cruyff, Xavi, Charlton and Schools. Um, <coughs> uh, Matthew Conlon's gone for Cruyff, Zidane, Perlo, Iniesta and Gascoigne. All good shouts. Do you want me to go for my through mine first? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I've gone for number one. <clears throat> as in, this isn't in order. These are just my five. Number one, uh, Andrea Perlo. 756 caps, 73 goals, 93, uh, 93 assists. Doesn't seem that many in that many appearances, but he was always the pass before the assist. Mm-hmm. Pretty much every time. Uh, amazing player. Amazing player. In... Uh, I think he's won the uh, he's won the World Cup. He's won Champions League. He's won everything. He's an amazing player. Next up, Zinedine Zidane, five hundred and eighteen appearances, one hundred and two goals, one hundred and eight assists. Wow, ridiculous player. Um, I'm going to leave my curveball till last. Uh, next up, now for me again I've gone for players like similar to last week that I've seen play in my lifetime and that I remember growing up or watching um, um, and Xavi made it so close and the reason I haven't put Xavi in is because he's always played in an unreal Barcelona team mm-hmm. So and he's had Messi around him so his stats are kind of inflated because of Messi but I've gone for Luka Modric 501 appearances 51 goals 89 assists quality for Croatia 
I mean, to get mentioned with Messi and Ronaldo last season in the same bracket, you mm-hmm. have to be a hell of a player. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. And he was class for Spurs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get a move to Real Madrid if you're not like one of the best players in the world. Number four, uh, I've gone for Ronaldinho. Johnny said he was discounting him, but I'm mm. I'm thinking of the Ronaldinho. Yeah, I struggled with the definition of a creative midfield player. Yeah, I wasn't very specific. Was yeah, I? Um, 529 appearances, 196 goals, and 153 assists. Yeah, that's pretty decent. Unbelievable. He's creative. Unbelievable. Oh, might not be a midfield player, but he's creative. Um, and my final one, and I'm probably just going to get pelters for this. It's not John Joe Shelby. No, is it's it? not John Joe Shelby. No. Not not this week. Um, David Beckham. 713 appearances, 127 goals, 130 assists. Best right foot the world has ever seen. Unbelievable player. He was not necessarily a creative midfielder in the same way that Modric or Xavi is, but he was a creative midfielder in the fact that he was he played out wide and he would make chances just with the quality with of, the quality of the yeah. balls that he was playing in he dragged that England team through about five yeah. years worth of underachieving and I will never forget the goal against Greece oh I don't think any England fan no. especially in, in our generation will ever forget that goal it was absolutely ridiculous anyway th- those are my five Perlo, Zidane Beckham, Modric Robert well I've got Daniel. three of those okay who have you got Perlo, Zidane and Beckham okay. oh you've got Beckham as well yeah oh it feels nice man yeah oh what a hero it's nice being probably in a group my favourite footballer of all time nice to be in a group of two uh, and then the other two I've gone for Xavi yeah because Modric got close but for me he won everything in the game and he was arguably one of the key key cogs in all those teams that won everything. And then I've gone for a bit of a curveball selection that played slightly before our time, but I've gone for Michael Laudrup. Oh, okay. Played for both, well, both Barcelona and Real Madrid. Was on the right side of 5-0 scorelines in El Clasico two seasons running, but yeah. after he'd made the transfer. <coughs> um, he also played for Juventus. And for me, he's won... He's not necessarily from a fashionable football country. Yeah. Obviously, Denmark have had some really good players. Um, and I saw a program on him, and he was boss. Yeah. So yeah, he, he got it into my top five. Uh, honourable mentions from Johnny, I would agree with pretty much all of these: Gascoigne, uh, Michael Laudrup, uh, George Best, Ryan Giggs, uh, Iniesta, Ozil, a uh, player that nearly made mine, David Silva. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think probably. I would say in the top five Premier League midfielders of all time. I think in five years De Bruyne will be in there. He's put De Bruyne on the list. If De Bruyne is as cons- being as consistently good as he is or has moment, been, yeah. uh, Modric he's put in there. Akocha. Oh, how did I not go for JJ? And uh, Nobby Solano. <coughs> Un- yes. Such an underrated footballer. Such an underrated footballer. Okay, so it comes to our... F- uh, next question for next week have you got one for us Josh I do so this week um, Sergio Aguero scored his 150th Premier League goal okay Um, so my question is who is the greatest foreign import that has ever played in the Premier League oh good question so who is the greatest foreign import to have ever played in the Premier League I have mine already Nobby Solano Lauren Robert 
Nathan Ake. <laughs> John Elaine Boomsong. Yeah. Oh, he's up there. He's up there with the worst. He was shit. He was terrible. Okay, so it comes to our final bit of business for the week, and that is JB's tiny tip. JB's tiny tip. This week we've got some crunching games. We do have some crunching games. It's quite difficult to pick. Are you going for a win or are you going for something a little bit different? What, like Wolves to have four corners or something? Yeah, no, we want to keep it. Um, (laughs) Who's on Monday? No one's on Monday. No, no one's on Monday because international. International week. On me. Um... God, it's hard. Cardiff to beat Brighton, I backed them, didn't I? Yeah, 6-4. to 6-4. Four. Four. What about Cardiff to beat Brighton and Josh Murphy to score? Let's have a look. Cardiff to beat Brighton and Josh Murphy to score. What, any time? Well, it's first goal scorer, yeah. Uh, it's a good question because I can't find... Uh, Oh, here we go. Josh Murphy to score any time and to win 11-2. to Yeah, we'll go for that. That's decent, isn't it? You can tell I'm not a betting man because I don't know what the sort of playing fields are. So, 6.50 will win. Lovely. Hopefully that'll bring us back. I think we're still in the green, ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. You started so um, well. You, you need to start winning me money back, Josh. You've lost like six on the spin now. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm like the um, gambling equivalent of Bolton season. Yeah. <laughs> what you will win when Bolton win so if Bolton win this weekend we'll win the bet well let's hope so Um, well any more business to attend to I don't think so well thank you very much for listening don't forget to tweet in and uh, Instagram in with your suggestions for the greatest foreign import um, to ever have graced the Premier League that can be big competition good competition I think I've decided on mine although is he a Newcastle player uh, no I was going to say was it David Ginola but no although he uh, European player of the year wasn't he yeah uh, he might be an honourable mention but uh, mm-hmm. no I, I think I have mine um, well, you can so make don't a forget hole. to tweet in we'll be putting a post up it was a little bit late this week but we'll be putting another post up this week um, don't forget to tweet your questions in Instagram your questions in at JaffPod on Twitter and Instagram and follow us on Twitter as well, Danny Miller ninety five and Josh Bentley Music. I tweeted this week. Did you? About fireworks. Fucking annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I hate driving. It sounded fireworks. like a war zone. I thought my car had exploded. Yeah. The it was tragic. I don't think members of the general members of the public should be able to buy them personally. Yeah. Maybe but we should do a separate fo- uh, separate podcast on what the public should and shouldn't do. Question time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you all next week. Yeah, bye.